Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the June 24th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by my favorite airport, the Augusta Regional Airport, and of course, my consulting firm, Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, LLC. Today, our special guest is Kayla Cranenberg. She is Executive Director of the CSRA Amer Chapter of the American Heart Association. And today, we're going to talk about a different brand of civic engagement. As you know, most of the time, I talk about the relationship between uh, your quality of life and the actions of the state and local governments. Today, we're going to branch off into the nonprofit world. I think we've had at least one show where I've discussed nonprofits. We had a good show a couple months ago with uh, Safe Homes, and we talked about how that organization came about to protect women in our area from the dangers of domestic violence. Uh, this time around, we're going to talk about how to make all of us healthier and the role that organizations like the American Heart Association play in ensuring that we lead healthy lifestyles. Uh, we're going to define a few terms like health disparities. Uh, we'll talk about how the health conditions may vary between uh, members of the majority population versus people of color. Uh, we'll talk about resources that are offered by the American Heart Association. We're going to discuss food deserts, you know, various things that impact our ability to keep ourselves healthy uh, and talk about some ways that we can take positive action to uh, improve our good health and therefore our quality of life. Kayla, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on with you. Great. Now, I know that everybody has heard of the American Heart Association Everybody has heard about the heart. Many people have heard about the Heart Walk. I won't say everybody. Uh, thousands of people have participated in the Heart Walk every year. I always enjoy going out there and getting my exercise and uh, talking to folks and just seeing all these people from the various employers in the CSRA that are interested in uh, perpetuating the interest of good health. So it's a great uh, organization. You all do some great things. Uh, if you could lead off by just kind of telling me and, and my listeners a little bit more about the role and mission of your organization. Sure. So our mission um, as the American Heart Association is to be a relentless force for a world of longer, healthier lives. And you'll notice that um, that doesn't just say anything about heart, but that's really talking about longer, healthier lives in general. And so all that we do is really driven by that mission. And we do so much um, nationally and locally, but I, I like to put it into four kind of buckets. The first being that science advancement piece where we are funding research. We're actually the um, only second to the, the government in funding research um, nationally, but we fund about $5.6 million of research here locally to right now about 34 researchers. And those um, researchers are working on really things that are going to make the standards of care and chances of survival when you have a heart attack or stroke in the future much more successful. They've funded things like um, drug-coated stents so that there's not infection when you put in a stent. They've funded modern CPR techniques. 
I funded the technologies around a full proximity screening that now all um, babies receive at 24 hours of birth to make sure that they don't have a congenital heart defect. And so we're funding that portion in a large way. The second thing that we fund is um, CPR. Like I said, we funded the modern techniques for CPR, but we have a really big focus nationally and locally around that. Um, we are in works right now with WRDW on training 12,026 people and hands-only CPR. It's a layperson CPR that anybody can do because we know when somebody goes into cardiac arrest and there's about 400,000 people that do each year, every second counts and everybody can do something. And those steps are call 911 and do compressions hard and fast in the center of the chest. And so that's been put on hold a bit as those in-person trainings can't happen right now because of um, COVID and all of the restrictions around that. But we are using our media platforms and um, partners to still practice that. Um, you can actually practice it with a pillow at home with your family. And so that's a resource that we have. Um, we also have the work that we do with hospital systems. And so we have a program called Get With The Guidelines. So we have a lot of medical pieces. Um, but this program and all of our hospital systems in the area use this program ensures that no matter where you go, you're getting the same standard of care. And I know we'll talk about that a bit when we start talking about um, some of the issues locally and nationally around health disparity. But that's really important that if you're in a rural community or in a city, that you're getting the same um, standard of care to us. And then um, a newer piece that we've begun to really dive into in the last few years is social determinants of health. Um, we also address this at a localized level through community needs assessment, but we know that when you're looking at heart health, about 20% of that is clinical, 80% of that is um, social determinants of health, meaning um, can you access healthy food? Do you have ways to get to um, parks? Is it safe where you live to walk to different areas? Um, and so we started addressing that the last few years, and I think it's gonna be a really impactful next step for us when we're talking around being um, relentless forces for longer, healthier lives. Okay, great. So there's a wide-ranging mission, all geared toward better health, but uh, 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 you get into several different areas there. Uh, one of the things I wanted to uh, ask up front, uh, you said the research, you said over $5 million, I believe, was the number you quoted. Uh, tell us where yes. that $5-plus million comes from. locally and across the nation, um, those have also taken a, a different look in this new era, this new normal, as everybody is saying. We have an event, we have the Heart Walk, like you mentioned, and we also have a gala event called a Heart Ball um, that we have every February and March. And so all of those fundings, as well as fundings from other facets um, across the nation, rolls up into a research kind of pot at the national level and then is doled out meritoriously or as our volunteer committee feels is uh, the grants that are re they're receiving are the ones that are most uh, important at this moment to be funded. And so I think it's really incredible. We actually received more than Emory here um, in Augusta. I think it really speaks 
to the healthcare systems that we have here and the really smart people working on um, these grand ideas that we get so much back into our community because we raise about $1 million. And so the return on investment um, is pretty incredible. Yeah, that is. So basically we raise a little over a million and we get more than 5 million. So that really is a significant return on investment, right? I'm okay. very proud of that. Okay. Uh, let's talk some, uh, all of uh, what you mentioned was very interesting, I think, to our listeners. Uh, let's talk, though, a little bit more about the uh, standard of care, the guidelines that the hospitals use. Um, that is, sounds um, particularly salient during this time period where we see uh so many having to seek treatment for the coronavirus and other related illnesses. You know, we talked about heart health. Obviously, you're interested in that. Um, talking about uh, stroke care and things like that. Exactly how does that come into play? Within the hospital systems or just in general in our communities? W- within our hospital systems. Yeah, so there's um, kind of a checklist that they are going to be asked, a process that they're going to be asked to document and ensure is happening when a patient comes in, whether it's through EMS or, um, you know, into the emergency room on their own. Um, We do have a campaign right now also called, called Don't Die of Doubt because we're finding, especially during coronavirus, that people are very unlikely to call 911 unless it's um, kind of too far in. And so there's standards of care when you call 911 that should be happening from that period until you get to the hospital system. And then once you get in, there's a whole other slew of things that should be happening. Um, For example, with a stroke, if somebody identifies that they're having a stroke, um, TPA can start being administered, which is a drug. Um, it has to be administered within a certain time frame. So if that's if those very um, specific steps are happening in a timely manner, then um, your standard of care is going to be less likely. And we found, because people are fearful right now of going into the hospital, um, that our numbers of heart attack and stroke are falsely lowered um, right now because those people are sitting at home, maybe if they've had a mini stroke or something, um, rather than coming into the hospital and getting the proper treatment. However, we have put guidelines in place so that if you are going through it effectively, that you should be receiving the same standard of care. Okay. Uh, thank Although you. We know that there's uh, although we know that there's still a ways to go um, to to get to the point where we need to be, this is a good first step in program, I feel like, to get us there. Okay. Um, let's say, for instance, you know, I use social media a lot for this show. Um, is there a way, are there any documents and things that I could post on my social media to help uh, publicize what those guidelines are so people know, hey, I really sh- need to tell you if I'm afraid of coronavirus I'm afraid of getting it by going to the hospital but you know to save my life I really kind of need to get this checked out uh, are there some those guidelines that that you could share with me that I could share with our listeners absolutely okay yeah you I, I'd love for you to do that for us um, so I can help you get the word out about that 
Um, you also talked about the social determinants of health, uh, which was a real fancy way, I think, to say that your environment often determines your good health, the quality of life and quality of health, correct? Exactly. Okay. Um, you know, many of us in our listening audience, unfortunately, live in areas that are considered to be food deserts. There are not opportunities to get uh, fresh fruits, vegetables, other high quality, nutritious foods. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about how your organization is working to address that deficit. Yes. Um, So we we started identifying these issues, um, like I said, a few years ago by utilizing community needs assessments from our local hospitals and then interviewing what we called key stakeholders, but those were um, hospital CEOs, pastors in our community, superintendents of schools, to identify what the largest health issues were in our communities from their perspective. And so from that, two things arose, and then we had the facts kind of get back that up. The first and the one that we really dove into was access to healthy food. And we have a ton of food deserts, meaning people don't have quick and um, easy access to fresh fruits and vegetables and healthy options in our community. Um, for example, in Augusta downtown, um, the Kroger that was here is no longer. <laughs> so there's uh, there's not a lot of options for food. In fact, one in five of our kids in the CSRA suffer from chronic hunger, meaning they don't know where their next meal is coming from. And so that's actually higher than the national average. So what we have started doing, um, we know that we're not the experts in this field because we're new to it, is we are working with other nonprofits such as um, Augusta Locally Grown, which is an incredible nonprofit in the Augusta area that works to um, create farmer relationships double snap incentives at their market. Um, They have a program where they prescribe fruits and vegetables to families that um, have high risk of heart disease, so things like high blood pressure, diabetes. Those are all issues that can um, increase your chance of heart disease. And so we started working with these partners to figure out okay, what can we do to really make an impact on this and help um, change, you know, change this (laughs) for the future? We've also started working with our school districts. Um, And so there's an incredible lady, her name is Donna Martin in Burke County. She's their nutrition director that has completely changed um, the way that their nutrition system works. They have an incredible story about their football team, they were going into their physicals completely malnourished because they weren't getting what they needed um, through meals. And so Donna has reshifted their focus onto nutrition, their local farmer network, their cafeteria is incredible and the the variety that they have. But they're also um, eating all of their students the day after school supper. And so we're trying to duplicate that in ways that are appropriate so bite-sized chunks with the other school districts in the CSRA as well. Okay, great. So we've created real relationships with school districts. 
That is great. Um, at this point, are you still uh, working with some of those other school systems? Are you at liberty to talk about who some of those are? Or will we have to uh, hold on a while until you get those arrangements in place before we really discuss those? Um, I, I think so. One that I'm excited about that we started is with the Richmond County Schools. They, um, I would love to see them do supper program one day like Burke County, but they do have a large um, majority of students that are using the free um, breakfast and lunch program. But because the breakfast um, is only available for a small bit of time, um, in some of the schools, about 18% of those students are taking advantage of that. And so there's a really easy solution to that. Um, it's called a breakfast cart. And so basically it's an opportunity for students to pick something up between their first and second period, and it increases the the kids eating the breakfast so much and it's such a simple solution and so we have worked on some funding and grant asks around that but are kind of continuing that conversation because we also don't want to come in and say oh we, i want everybody to do a supper program if that's not the place that they're at we want to be listening to be the best partners that we can be to make an impact that's great. This emphasis on partnership is really great. Um, Kayla, there's one other topic I wanted to hit. And, and for those of you, I, what I didn't say earlier, a couple of points I did not make. One is that I used to be on the executive leadership team for the Heart Walk. Uh, that is how I became familiar with the various activities and programs of the American Heart Association. Um, and I really enjoyed my participation with that organization because, again, the, the goal is to improve quality of life and health for people. And I think all of you realize that if you don't have good health, there's so much more that you cannot do. Uh, health is the, the root of everything. I've been fortunate enough to be blessed uh, with good health and um, I love sharing messages of good health with other folks and that was one of the reasons that I was so interested in becoming involved with the American Heart Association. Uh, also in a past life, I used to work in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina I oversaw public health. That was one of the county departments that reported to me at that time. And I became fascinated with the whole topic of health disparities and looking at the differences uh, in health conditions. And uh, this also is a topic that the American Heart Association recognizes uh, as a need in our area. And um, these issues related to social determinants of health all play into that. Uh, Kayla, can you speak a little bit more about um, how your work addresses health disparities in our area? Sure, yeah. I think we're just, we know that there's these, um, you know, ongoing kind of systemic inequalities. And I actually pulled up health disparity as a, as a um, description. It refers to that higher burden of illness, injury, disability, or mortality experienced by one group relative to another. And so we completely realize that, and that is why we've gotten into this work around some of the issues that contribute to that, um, to kind of even the gap and make things a bit more equal for those people that um, have no access to food. Or um, it's, Yeah, so that's, that's one of the reasons why we've gotten into this, this line of work, because we want to make 
we want everybody and everybody is should be able to have a longer healthier life not just one specific group over another that's right that's right um one of the things that I always ask Kayla when I have a guest on from a nonprofit, I always want to ask, are there opportunities for people in our community to help you? Uh, are there things that uh, our listeners could be doing? Uh, what is it that the average citizen or let's say a church group or other, you know, relatively small group of people, are there things that our listeners can do to help contribute to your mission of a longer, healthier life for people in our community? Sure. I would ask, um, first of all, we would be happy to do hands-only CPR trainings. That is furthering our mission because we then don't have to account for so many cardiac arrest deaths. So if you have groups of people that you think would be interesting in hearing us talk about um, ways to improve your heart health or do CPR training, I would be more than happy to talk to those people, whether it's through a virtual um, you know, setting or if it's something where we're doing smaller classes in person. Um, that's something that helps us further our mission because we're getting the education out and talking to people. Um, we have a lot of great nonprofit partners that are kind of feet on the street. And so I can provide some of those resources as well, but helping out your local food banks or helping out those local veggie markets that we have in Augusta, that helps us. Um, because all we're trying to do is accomplish, you know, um, those access to healthy food and primary care um, successes. Great, great. Um, well, Kayla, uh, we have now talked for 20 minutes or more. So tell me, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience? Anything else you want us to know about your mission, how they can contribute to it? Um, just uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with us today? No, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk and share our mission. And I think, like you said at the beginning of this time together, a lot of people have heard of us, but they are nowhere near fathoming what we're doing kind of being on the street. And so it's been a great opportunity to communicate that. Um, obviously, we're always, we are a nonprofit and we have an important mission. And so if you feel inclined to give a gift, you know, we can include that information to you, Janice. Um, we are always accepting um, contributions to our campaign. But other than that, um, I just really appreciate the opportunity to talk, talk with you. Okay, great. If you could um, give us your web address just so our folks know where to go to find out more information and how to contact you, I'd appreciate it. Okay. Um, so we have a Facebook page, and that's probably the most active piece right now. It is facebook.com forward slash C-S-R-A-A-H-A. Okay. You can go there to learn more information. Okay. All right. Great. We'll try to direct folks there because, again, you have so many resources to uh, help people take care of themselves, which is the best case scenario there. Um, I also want to point out, you all have a relatively small staff. I know some of the nonprofit organizations, people go, gosh, where does the money go? Is the money really, if we make donations, is the money really getting um, to the point of helping people or is it going to pay staff? Um, your local staff here is how many people, Kayla? We have four staff members. Okay, right. <laughs> and we covered the entirety of the CSRA. So 
Um, so I'm proud of what we do. We're small but mighty. Okay. We have yeah. a ton of great volunteers, which make it which make it possible. Yep, I just wanted to make that point that you don't have real heavy overhead. That's one reason to give to the organization. Another reason to give to this organization is because for what we contribute, we get a lot more back. So the area gets a lot more. If we put in a million, we're getting five million in return to support various activities in the area. So I think that's a great return on investment that people should be aware of. All right. Thank you so much, Kayla, for being with me today. I hope my listeners have gotten a lot out of it. I look forward to uh, getting some of those materials that I can post on my uh, personal social media pages um, and just to let people know that uh, you're there and you're you're here to help and you all have uh, come up with some well-defined areas in which you work. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Per Kayla's suggestion that we follow her Facebook page in order to get additional information, I actually went into American Heart Association-CSRA, and I see that there is indeed a wealth of information there about being heart healthy. It calls to our attention things like Men's Health Week, which was the week of June 17th, and talked about how up to 80% of heart disease uh, is preventable. Also, uh, there's information about creating your own emergency health profile uh, such that there is critical health information available to be shared with first responders in the event of an emergency so that they know exactly how to treat you based upon your health conditions. Also, information about telephone town halls related to COVID, uh, various therapies that are available, the value of exercise, and so forth. So please, if you are on Facebook, please follow their page so that you will get notification of various information in order to uh, learn how to make yourself healthier. Also, I want to let you know for next week, Our topic will be uh, brought to us by one of my homeboys, a dear friend of mine that I've known since the fourth grade. He is Mr. Isaac Ford, and he is author of a book called Up From the Bottom, A Memoir. He's going to come and talk to us about his uh, growing up here in Augusta. Uh, He uh, attended W.S. Hornsby Elementary School with me, and then later he was one of the early graduates from the A.R. Johnson Health Professions High School. So uh, he'll have lots of good information to share with us. Uh, Following that, um, on the next few weeks, we'll be talking about preparations for the runoff elections. Runoff elections begin on August 11th, and the early voting period begins on July 20th. Again, early voting beginning July 20th, runoff election on August 11th. So uh, we'll have candidates coming in on some of our future shows. And follow up to our show on the census. Uh, last week, uh, we had Marilyn Stevens from the Atlanta region, Regional Office of the Census in with us. She let us know that we were behind the state of Georgia. We here in Richmond County are behind the state of Georgia in terms of self-response rates. Well, our self-response rate has improved to about 55.6%, but we're still a couple of percentage points behind the state of Georgia. So please get those census forms in. If you don't have the forms, you can still go online and respond. So please do so. 
Uh, finally, as always, if you miss me here on WKZK, there's the opportunity to hear me uh, by going on SoundCloud. Uh, that is soundcloud.com slash local matters. Uh, you'll be able to pull up my show and any previous episodes of the show. As we prepare to close, I will give you my favorite, favorite Bible verse. It is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making to make sure that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. because local matters.